RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation, and you can help them support the parks by shopping their limited edition National Park Collection. Every time you purchase products from the National Park Collection, which includes totes, shirts, hats, patches, and more, you're helping to protect, restore, and improve parks throughout the U.S. Search National Park Collection at llbean.com and be an outsider with L.L. Bean. This week, after almost 10 weeks in the Verde Valley, we're on the move. We tell you where we're headed, but take some time to reflect on our time sheltering in place in Arizona. Plus, we've got listener questions, news about mobile satellite TV, and a whole lot more. This is RV Miles. Hi, everybody, and welcome to RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things outdoors and RVs, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, oh boy. boy. <laughs> we are at an elevation of 7,800 feet. Yes. 7,800 feet. We have moved, folks. Yes. Deeper breaths oh. will be required for this podcast. It's also freezing. <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, last week I was in a tank top. This week I'm wearing a scarf and a jacket. <laughs> we have moved from after spending uh, almost 11 weeks in the Verde or ten. Verde Valley. Ten. I, I, ten. I looked it up. No, it's almost 11, I think. I, I counted on the calendar. I may be wrong. Whatever. <laughs> Somewhere meth, around 10 weeks. Meth folks. has never been our strong we, suit. We were in the uh, the wonderful Verde Valley of, mm -hmm. of Arizona and, and having a great time. But boy, was it getting hot. Um, yes. The, and you know, if you've been listening, uh, we've been vacillating on whether or not to uh, to move on or not. And what a we, big word. <laughs> we had finally made the decision to stick where we were there mm -hmm. until... Um, two until days before June fifteenth, yeah. and then two days before we were, uh, before we actually left, we decided to to make the move up here. Um, partially because our neighbors at the uh, campground we were at, uh, Verde Ranch RV Resort, they decided to move up here, and um, and we've kind of been sheltering place in place with them. And this is a great spot. We just needed, to, we had to get out of the heat. The heat was starting to melt our stuff inside. It was it was getting. Absurd. So we try to do this responsibly. And Starting to melt our stuff inside, <laughs> as in our souls, our on soul. the insides of our souls, or the actual well, inside of our trailer. As, as we <laughs> said before, the, the June high in that area is 99 degrees, meaning just as many days are above 99 degrees. Yeah. So we decided to make our way away from there. Now, we, we were very concerned about this. We spent a lot of time trying to figure this out, whether it was the responsible thing to do how we do it responsibly. And, uh, you know, we're very concerned, uh, obviously. Yeah, but at the same time, Jay, when you know, you know. Yeah. And we knew. It we was knew time. it was time to go, and we knew that we could do it in a way that we felt comfortable with. Everyone has a different level of comfortability with this thing. We knew at that time this just felt good to us, and it was an absolutely 
the best decision? We don't really look at it as we're traveling again. Uh, we've just really moved our home base. We're going to be here for at least five weeks. I should say where we are, we're, we're near the San Juan National Forest near Durango, Colorado. So we traded Red Rock views <laughs> for mountain pine. Yes. It's a wonderful trade-off. And we're going to be here for at least five weeks. And uh, so we just look at it as a new home. We didn't move, you know, uh, barely over 300 miles. So we were trying to stay in sort of a reasonable area, just moving up in elevation. Colorado is still under a, they're not under the shelter in place anymore. They've removed that. Uh, Colorado is now under a uh, safer at home order, uh, which we're going to respect. We're going to stay at home. And uh, the only time we're really going out is to get groceries and um, and maybe to go on a few hikes or, or scenic drives. Nothing that will really involve interacting with people. Same thing we did in Camp yeah. Birdie. We're yeah. just doing here in Colorado. I have to say we're recording this on Memorial Day yeah. and the campground just emptied out. Colorado was having a great time at this campground this weekend. This campground was packed, which is something that we have heard all across the country. Yeah. Campground, <laughs> yeah, campgrounds are reporting all across the country that people were really excited to get back into their RVs or rent their RVs, and Memorial Day weekend shaped out to be a very, very busy weekend for the campgrounds. So we're fielding a lot of questions from people. Ever since, the, ever since we made this decision and we've posted um, about our move on social media, we're fielding a lot of questions from people that are asking what it's like out here. And um, they're thinking about coming to this area. They're thinking about coming to Colorado. They're thinking about uh, uh, their big national park trip that they had planned for the summer. And they're wondering what our travel was like, what, you know, how it felt, what uh, people's opinions are of, our, of us traveling and all that sort of stuff. And uh, we got to say, we don't think the country's there yet, but we do think it it's different in every state. Like there are states that are dealing with this in, in many different ways. And if you're in a heavy populated state on the East Coast, that's very different than being out here in, kind of in the middle of nowhere. So if you are planning a, a big trip coming up, you really got to sort of look at the different communities that you're planning on going to and see what they're what their current situation are, is, what their current shelter-in-place orders are, um, what what's open and what's not, all that sort of stuff. We didn't really experience anything on the way here. We just made a quick stop at a gas station, and that was really about it. Um, so there's really nothing to experience other than gas stations and, you know, be safe and responsible about that. But um, I, I, I think... There's no way to answer that question really right now, especially as things just continue to drastically change day after day after day. You do you. <laughs> you do you. I think that sums it up. You do you. We do know a lot of the national parks are opening um, just as we speak. Uh, over the last several days, lots of national parks have, have been opening. So people are getting excited about that. Those openings are are very staggered wherever they are. So we're seeing lots of one entrance is open and another's not. Uh, these certain hikes are open. These ones aren't. Restrooms may be open. Restrooms maybe not. So uh, again, it's it's just drastically changing quickly. And we do, we are seeing lots of people go, going camping and camping is a great thing to be doing right now. But uh, as we've said many times, I think in the past, we recommend that you try to do it within a day drive of your, your local area right now until things continue to sort of sort themselves out across the country. Yeah, just give your community some love for a while. It yeah. needs it. You can find great stuff everywhere. I mean, there really is amazing things 
in every community. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things that we found throughout all of our travels. Look, is that I find really great stuff in the hammock we have set up <laughs> over there. That's as far as I need to go. I walk from the rig to the hammock, I get into the hammock, and then I chill out. There Great stuff. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> We're going to go through our time. I know we've talked about it in bits and pieces over the last 10 weeks, uh, but we're going to really talk about the Verde Valley today and the campground we stayed at and all the things that you can do in that area because it is really a great RVer destination. Absolutely. We're going to pick up where we should have had a podcast nine weeks ago, and we're going to take a little bit of a break from our Going Full Time series, which is in full swing across RVMiles.com, all of our social medias, over on YouTube, our last two episodes, 145 and 144, really focused on that subject. So we thought today, let's talk a little bit about a travel destination that's a hot spot for RVers. And then next week, we'll jump back into some more full-time conversations. All right. We'll be right back. Be right back. RV Miles is supported by Harvest Hosts. Get back on the road again safely with a Harvest Hosts membership. Enjoy wide open RV camping on over a thousand wineries, farms, breweries, museums, and other unique attractions that invite RVers to visit and stay overnight for free. Plus, you're supporting local businesses who need help right now. RV Miles listeners can save 15% off a Harvest Host membership with code MILES. That's miles for 15% off your Harvest Hosts membership. We will link to it in the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 146. All right, it's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. While his parents were away, a teenage boy and his friends drank some of the parents' gin. This, of course, was strictly forbidden. They then poured water into the gin bottle to return it to the level where it had originally been and put the bottle back exactly where they'd found it. However, when the couple came home, the father took one look at the big bottle of gin and turned angrily to his son to denounce him for illicit drinking. How had he known? Because they keep the liquor in the freezer like we do. (laughs) The father kept his bottle of gin in the freezer where gin remains liquid even to very low temperatures, but the watered-down gin, however, had frozen into a solid block within the bottle. Get smarter, kids. This is your PSA from (laughs) RV Miles. You live and learn. (laughs) Live and learn. All right. It's time to talk about our time in the the Verde Valley, not the Verde Valley, as we prefer to call it. How about this? You you say Verde today, and I'm going to say Verde. Okay. And we're going to split the difference. (laughs) I, I will say over the weeks... I have started to say Verde just naturally, and that makes me uncomfortable. Well, because then (laughs) I was, I almost said to you the other day, I almost said, so do you know if uh, Mesa Verde's open yet? And then I was like, oh, it's not. (laughs) Verde. Oh, Abby. So (laughs) this area, the Verde Valley, is it's sort of halfway between Phoenix and Flagstaff, Arizona, if you know Arizona at all. And it is sort of a valley between two little mountain ranges, smaller mountain ranges, that are part of both the Coconino National Forest and the Prescott National Forest. It's sort of sandwiched in between of those. And you can visit both national forest areas at the same time, and there's so much to do around there. 
So we stayed at the Verde Ranch RV Resort. And Which I'm sure you're familiar <laughs> with by now if you've been listening for the last 10 weeks. But we do want to give them a quick review and a yes. shout out for being a great place for us to shelter in place in the time that we were there. They really took care of uh, all their customers during this time and were really sensitive about keeping things clean, closing what needed to be closed, keeping things open that people really needed access to. It was a fantastic experience dealing with them Absolutely. over the course of that time. Absolutely. And I have to say, too, I think one of the things I appreciated the most about where we had landed was that they were very open and very sensitive to the full-time RVer and really did everything in their power to make concessions for them, to make it possible for them to stay there. We met at a very safe distance so many people that we know across social media who had come to the campground and were there for long periods of time. Some of us were all there together just in different places. And while we didn't get to hang out, we kind of just were talking through social media about our time there. And I just thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. Because so many people were looking for somewhere to go. And I think it says something for this time of year when this happened that so many full-timers were in this area and they had somewhere where they felt like they could afford to put down the money for a monthly because it can be rather expensive in that area. And then to continue to stay on and for the campground to be like, yes, please, you have a home here. So this is a full-on RV resort. Uh, there's no tent camping. It's all RV spaces, uh, 50 amp and 30 amp. Uh, has a wonderful pool and clubhouse. Their That's clubhouse the, is bad. The best it's clubhouse so we've bad. ever seen. They've got a giant fireplace, a pool table, shuffleboard, a gym, a <sighs> business center. And we took advantage of none of it because it well, was all closed. The rightly first so. week we were there, we got to spend a little bit of time doing that. It was before everything sort of went down. Yeah. And I was so excited for the gym because I was going to have a place that I could take my yoga mat and they had like a dedicated area where you could go and do yoga. And I was very excited to not have to do it in the rig with four human beings who seem to want to constantly move around the rig and talk to me when I'm trying to do 15 minutes of yoga. <laughs> Unfortunately, that continued for nine weeks. Behind the uh, clubhouse, there is a, a very nice heated pool and two hot tubs and a splash pad area. So if you've got real little ones that you don't want to get into the pool, there's a big a splash pad, you know, outdoor uh, fountain type thing for them to play in. Yeah, they've really thought about everything. They've thought about the family camper. They've thought about the couple campers. They've thought about the solo campers. They've thought about the full-timers, the weekenders, the long-term vacationers. They really have kind of crafted this campground to be a little bit of everything for everyone. There's three pickleball courts, one playground, one bocce ball, and then... Horseshoes. Horseshoes. And then you also have a path that leads you down to the Verde River, which is the campground is, is butted right up against the river. And so you can take this path and you can go down to the river. And what we did, because the pool was closed, was this really became sort of a, an escape for us from the heat, an escape from just the mundane being in the rig, to go down this path, find a safe, shallow spot to cross over to the other side of the river. And then we would set up for like the whole day. We'd be able to, the kids could play in the water. We could set up our hammocks. We would bring food. And it was a way for us to cool off, unwind, and do it safely, and then just walk back to the rig. It was awesome. 
It's like it's that's the best part of this campground. It's absolutely, but it up against the river, and there are people that kayak through the river, right. and All sorts of stuff. And we would so we ended up buying some floaties too. So here's a tip: like if you stay here, bring uh, some kind of flotation device, be a raft or a ring or whatever, because you can float down the river. This is one of the only undammed rivers in the country. It's an incredibly popular river for kayaking and canoeing, and I know that the campground in the future wants to have an option for you to rent those things and have a place, I think, to put in or to come back to. Now, there is a, a service in the town of Cottonwood yes. that you can rent kayaks from, and you can f- you can float down the river, and then they pick you up on the other end. And so they might an op- be option. wanting to partner yeah. with them or something. I mean, they've got a lot of things in the works that's going to help make it accessible for campers who don't carry their own kayaking or canoeing gear. And it was just, it was just so great. Yeah. I will always take that memory with me of that time that we spent with our kids splashing in the river and just relaxing. That's how we spent Mother's Day, part of Mother's Day. And it was really, really wonderful that we were making such strong memories in, you know, during such a time of just uncertainty and, and stress. To be able to make those kind of memories was amazing. Now, if you do go here, we had one of the Riverview spots uh, in the in the back of the campground, which down is in the lower section, very beautiful behind us, lovely trees, and you could get a little bit of a glimpse of the river. Mm-hmm. But I do want to caution people there. We saw a lot of people come in thinking that they could access the river from their campsite. You can't access the river from no. your campsite. You have to walk down to this little trail and do that. But it's very short walk. Yes, it's uh, to over- do so. That is really the only access to the river from the campground is this trail. And another thing I would caution too, and you know, I didn't get a chance to talk to the campground about this. I'm curious to see what their plans are because this lower loop that we were in had only opened up a week before we arrived. So they had had their upper section and then they added on. The whole place is very, very new. Yeah, it's beautiful. Now you are butted up, especially in this lower section in one part of it against the highway. So if you're looking for peace and quiet of the forest and you step outside and all you hear are the birds chirping and the wind blowing, you may want to consider what spot you pick here at mm-hmm. Verde Ranch because it's not you're not going to get that the closer those spots get to the highway. Yeah, yeah, so just look on the map when you when you pick a spot and and maybe stay away from the highway if that's something that bothers you. It doesn't actually bother me much at all, other than the fact that we have to record this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, other, That's that, the only time I noticed it, really. This is why I always recommend people, when they look at reviews for campgrounds, to actually go in and read them instead of just looking at star ratings that yeah. people leave. Yeah. Because the stuff you care about might be something that other people don't care about. You might really care about highway noise. Or you might prefer that it is so close to the highway that you can just get off the highway, drive into the campground, and then back out, which is also very nice. There is some convenience right. there because what was also really nice about this campground, especially for those of us sheltering in place, was the proximity to grocery stores, pharmacies, things that we needed that were essential during this time. They were only a couple of miles away. There was a Bashes, which is, I believe, a local Arizona grocery store. That was two miles from our campground. How lovely and convenient is that? Today, up here, we are at least a half an hour from the nearest grocery store. So if we forget something, I'm not popping back to get it. One of the best things about this campground, though, is 
in terms of Arizona campgrounds, the price. It, oh, it's very yes. affordable so for an affordable. Arizona campground, especially in the winter and, and especially as a base to go visit Sedona. And we're going to talk about Sedona a bit in the next segment. But this is, we, we were maybe a half hour drive into Sedona. Yeah, and there's a lot of state parks around this area as well, too. So a lot know, of state parks without campgrounds, but cool yes, visitor, cool slide rock. Yeah, cool things to visit. Uh, I think Camp Verde State Park is just over a few miles from the campground. And also, there's some fantastic hiking to be had, not just in Sedona, but actually in the Camp Verde area itself as well. So, this campground can be a really lovely jumping off point for you. And we did actually get to partake in one of the hikes close to the campground, which we really, really enjoyed. And that was the Copper Canyon hike. And it was recommended to us by some full-timers that were there in the campground who said, oh, this would be a great hike for you and your kids. And it, re- it was. It was also the longest that the it's boys had ever hiked. the longest they've ever hiked. It Five was, miles. It took, it, the hike itself is actually about four miles we but went Dad, on the we went on the Dad wrong trail for a wrong. little bit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we got back we got back where we needed mm-hmm. to be, and, and we but it's it's beautiful. So you, what you do is you go up these switchbacks, gentle switchbacks, for a while up the side of a bluff, and then you sort of skirt the edge of the bluff over this canyon uh, for a while until you get back down to the stream that runs through that canyon that carved it. And once you get to the bottom and you cross the stream, you can take a little side trail that takes you. It's not very far at all, a couple hundred feet mm-hmm. that takes you to a beautiful little waterfall that the kids can splash and play that in and, and have wonderful. a lot of fun. Now, here's, I think we've talked about this before, but I think it bears repeating. This is a little bit of a tip about hiking if you are nervous about hiking right now. And when we, because we were, we weren't sure if how it was going to go. So, you know, we were keeping a very open mind. When we got there and we got there late uh, post-lunch, when we got there, the parking lot was full or almost full. And I remember thinking, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this. But when we started to look around, we noticed that people were having lunch. They were kind of hanging out near their trucks, their cars, whatever. And so we thought, well, it looks like a lot of these people are coming off the trail. That maybe the parking lot is still full yeah. because most of everyone has already started this hike and they're finishing it up. So maybe we're going to get started and by the time we get back. Or by the time we get anywhere, we're not going to really run into anyone. So we tried it out. And that's absolutely what happened. We just happened to pick an off time. Normally, we recommend that you go early in the morning on any hike, mm-hmm. that you just get up and go because you'll deal with less people. Or beat the heat. Right. People in Arizona know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they do that. They get up early and they go and, and hike early because they don't want to be out in the heat of the day. Now, this hike was very shaded, so it wasn't a big deal. Well, it was until you get to the top of the mesa. Yeah, yeah. And there's then, a bit that's not. Then you're pretty exposed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so this is, depending on your location where you are, like, I would say here where we're at right now, I might be more inclined to say, let's hike in the morning because it's really cool in the morning. Last night, it got down to... 33 degrees here. I mean, today I don't even think we're going to crack hardly above 60. So I might be more inclined to say, hey, let's just bundle up and go in the morning. Yeah. We might encounter less people. Whereas obviously in Arizona, we chose to go later in the day when it was a little bit hotter and we were rewarded by cooling off with that waterfall. But, you know, that's just something to think about. If you are still a little bit uncomfortable about going out on the trails, but you really, really want to do it, 
consider going at what might be an off time for your community. This is also not a super popular trail, which is part of why we picked it, because we didn't want to be inundated with lots of people. Um, Well, and all of Sedona, for the most part, was closed. Sedona has gone and closed most of their very, very popular trails. We didn't get to do anything like that because the city had made the decision to close those down because they just didn't feel comfortable with the number of people this time of year because this is a very, very popular time of year. For this area, this poor community, all the surrounding communities, unfortunately, have lost so much money because this is their tourist season. But they couldn't welcome any tourists. They didn't feel comfortable with their resources. That said, we did get to spend a little time in Sedona, but we'll get to that in a minute. Before that, though, I want to talk about Jerome because I thought Jerome was my favorite part of our time here. So if, if you have a minute, go listen to the See America podcast episode on the Jerome Copper Mines, because uh, it really goes into detail about this area and and why it's special and why it's there. But the gist of it is Jerome is a copper mining town way up in, uh, in the mountains up high. And, uh, about 6,000 feet, I think. And it had, it had like 15,000 residents until the copper mines closed. And then it went down to 50 residents and, and then it became like an artist community. And it's, it's a really cool place. So we actually were able to drive up there a couple times and check out um, just some of the outdoor stuff. We didn't. There is a state park up there where you can go visit the copper mine uh, history, but we that was all closed. But we got to go to one of the outdoor mine shafts, which was cool. Yes. You could walk over the top of it, and they had a glass uh, window, so you could look down the shaft, and you could walk over the shaft. Mm-mm. It was like 2,000 feet down or something Mm-mm. crazy like that. I will. I've been holding on to it, but now that you brought it up, I'm going to have to share it. There, Jason filmed me walking over this open plexiglass mine shaft. It's like a minute and a half of me just not wanting to do it and like just stepping on, stepping off, stepping on, stepping off. And I was watching it the other day and I was laughing because I was genuinely like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to fall because the shaft is deeper than the empire. Like the empire state building could fit inside the shaft. So I will, I will share this video just to give an idea of what the area looks like. But if you watch it, you got to be kind because I was really, really scared. (laughs) But it was cool, though. And someday I look forward to going back and learning more of the history. And we did have some recommendations for the area that we didn't get to enjoy. Um, One is called the Haunted Hamburger Restaurant. So Jerome has like a ghost history town to it as well, or ghost history vibe, I should say. And you can go there. They've got tons of wineries. Like you could walk. This whole little town, their little main street is built like on the side of the mountain. So it's a lot of up and a lot of down. And you can just walk these several little blocks and just go in and drink some wine. Go in and drink some wine. A lot of vendors put their stuff out on the streets Mm -hmm. during the course of the year. And And there's some bed and breakfasts and you can take ghost tours. And so Jerome sounds really, really cool. And I look forward to going back someday and taking advantage of all of that. Now, that said. If you come from anywhere, like our campground, and then you have to come back down, and you have people prone to motion sickness, you need to plan for that. So just beyond <laughs> Jerome. So if you go, you take the road up into the mountain to Jerome, and then you can continue past Jerome, and it takes you through the mountains in the Prescott National Forest. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful drive 
very curvy, lots of mm-hmm. ups and downs. It's a mountain drive. It's a beautiful scenic I, mountain drive. Great sunset views. Probably lots of trails up there we didn't really look, but lots of cool pull-offs and stuff. And if you're the driver, <laughs> it's really enjoyable. If you're a passenger in the back seat and you happen to be six, it's not so enjoyable. And what ends up happening is said six-year-old who is being asked repeatedly by his mother, are you okay? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. last time he didn't answer. And then the last time he goes, <laughs> I said, Henry, are you okay? And I heard, oh, and then I, I think, I don't know exactly what shot out of my mouth, but the, I, I, the only thing I could think of to grab was he, there was like his little, like we like a little brown bag in the seat next to me. And I, I grabbed it and I launched myself like back towards the back because he sits behind me, launch myself over and twist. Thank God for yoga. Stick the brown bag. The child loses everything he's had all day long. The brown bag disintegrates into my hand. And then I just cut my hand. And I just say, I will continue to be the bull for you while you just cover yourself, the car seat, the floor, me, your brothers, everything. It was like, I, what, is the, what is that movie where it's just like projectile, she's like possessed? Oh, The Exorcist. Is it? I mean, I've never actually seen The Exorcist, yeah. but I feel like this is a scene like people always use when they're trying to get a yeah. point of the cross, like how bad it's it the was. Exorcist. Yeah. So Henry was the exorcist in the back seat. And we are on top of this mountain trying to drive down it. And thank then, God for pickup trucks and the oh fact that you can put things in the bed that you don't want to well, put. And, and thank God for husky bed liners or uh, yes. floor liners. Thank and, God for the fact that we had extra paper <laughs> towels in the back. Uh, we had to strip Henry completely of all of his clothes. Well, no, we're, we pull, we're on a mountain road pull-off overlooking this gorgeous vista with, <laughs> with cars winding past us. Uh, Henry stripped down to his underwear. Oh, it was, and then I had to wrap him in our backup picnic blanket thing that we have, and we had to completely take the car seat apart. He couldn't even ride back in the car seat, which was so stressful to me, and I just, you know, I don't remember anything beautiful about that drive. (laughs) Now, since then, and since sharing that on social media, a a wonderful (sighs) listener has sent us um, some, yes. some motion sickness magnets. So that we're thank try you, out. Susan. Thank you so much from the bottom <laughs> but, of our hearts. We are definitely going to put them to good use. So, uh, but Jerome is really cool and you really ought to check it out if you come into this area. Yeah, did I sell it? I hope I sold it. Just don't be like the Eppersons. So, just don't. <laughs> so we're going to take a break here. We're going to talk about Sedona when we come back and all the great things that you can do in one of the most popular tourist destinations in the country. Be right back. The RV Miles podcast is supported by Hughes Autoformers, makers of the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector. Electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV, and the Power Watchdog beats the competition with field-replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike, you have to throw it away. The Power Watchdog can be brought back to life with one small, affordable part you can replace yourself. 
it's the last surge protector you need to buy. Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoformers.com. That's code RVMILES for 10% off at HughesAutoformers.com. Or click the Hughes logo in the show notes for this episode at RVMILES.com slash 146. All right, Sedona, Arizona, Red Rock country. Sedona is one of the most beautiful places that you will see. It is also very busy, very popular, even during coronavirus times. <laughs> yes. Even in the times of the Rona, Sedona is popular. Yeah. So we, uh, like I said before, the Verde Valley, uh, Sedona is not part of the Verde Valley, but it's a good place to stay if you want to visit Sedona. And the reason being, it is very expensive to stay in Sedona. It's very, very expensive. And, uh, you know, for the trade-off of a beautiful 20 to 30 minute drive, absolutely worth it to stay at Verde Ranch. So we drove several times just to get out and look at something up to Sedona and, mm-hmm. and had a great time doing it. And when you drive from, from Verde to Sedona, you go through the Red Rock Scenic Byway, which is just a fantastic drive where you're dr- driving by all these Red Rock buttes and there's lots of pull-offs, little places that you can get out and go and look at everything. Now, a lot of them were closed we were there and but they are opening back up. You can stop at the Red Rock Ranger Station, which is a, a visitor center for the National Forest, where you can sort of scope out the area. You can get a motor vehicle use map. You can get some advice from the Rangers on all the trails. They've got a park video there, uh, all kinds of stuff, and it's sort of a gorgeous spot in itself. And you can take your picture with Smokey the Bear. Smokey's there. Okay. Absolutely. Don't, don't not go and not take your picture. Okay. Now along the Red Rock Scenic Byway is a place that is considered uh, one of the most photographed places in the country. And that's Red Rock Crossing. And at Red Rock Crossing is Bell Rock and Cathedral Rock. And these are just two beautiful red buttes that, uh, that you've seen in lots of pictures before. And you can get out and you can look at them, but you can also take trails that go in near close to them, around them, all over the place. Oh, it's so stunning to see. And I really do look forward to going back. I tried not to have regret that we couldn't do these hikes because I try to tell myself they're going to be here in the future. There's no reason why we can't come back. But boy... When you see that area, you just know immediately why everyone loves to hike over there. It's just so visually stunning. You almost can't believe it's real. Now, what, now we did, get, we did towards the end of our time there, get to do one hike. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hiked what's called the Baldwin Trail, which is uh, sort of near Bell Rock, um, but it takes you down to a river, and we got to spend another day around a, a river. And, yeah, we and- have learned that hikes that include water stops for the kids are perfect. They love the opportunity to get to put their feet into the water for a little bit. And this was crystal clear water. Oh, you could so see beautiful. the rocks at the bottom. The kids oh. loved playing in it. And it was a very hot day, but it was nice, cool, crisp water. And it was a very easy trail, but still with lots of gorgeous views. And, uh, and, and I thought it was beautiful. Well, and you know why I love hikes like that? Because it gives us a chance to stop. It gives me a chance to like sit down and chill out. And I always like tuck my Kindle or something into my backpack. And then the kids, they go and play for half hour, 45 minutes, an hour. And they're so content. 
And then, you know, and then you too, you go off and play and you, you are in the water and you're skipping rocks and you're doing your whole thing and it's wonderful. And you guys all do that. And then I just lay there and I read a book and it's so nice. It's just so nice. And then, you know, you put everything back together and you take the hike back out and it's great. Now, beyond this area, uh, beyond Red Rock Crossing is the actual town of Sedona and Sedona is, uh, it's, uh, it's another kind of cool mountain town, very sort of touristy, lots of shops, lots of restaurants. We can recommend the Chipotle. We, we did that our Sedona? first week there. We did eat at that <laughs> Chipotle before everything closed down. Uh, it actually is probably the Chipotle with the best view in the world. Stunning view. Uh, <laughs> beautiful Whoa. floor-to-ceiling windows of red buttes outside mm. the Chipotle window. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> um, just get that queso and guac and those chips and you just look at the red rock and... Oh. It's wonderful. But from the town of Sedona, you can also book lots of Jeep tours. They have these pink Jeep tours that you yeah. can take. And they take you out into really the the wilderness in the area and, and get to sort of get up and close to some of these what red rock formations. Yeah. And uh, we also, in Sedona, that first week we were there, were able to visit the Chapel of the Holy Cross, which is amazing, an incredible very popular tourist destination. So this is a 1950s little chapel. Catholic chapel. That is on uh, on top of a, a, a hill that has stunning 360 views of the whole area. And, uh, and it's an easy parking lot. It's an easy walk up sort of this. Is it an easy parking lot? Well. Let's, I mean, it's let's an be honest. Okay parking you're lot. parking up the side of the mountain that you're, you know, that the church sits on top of and you're, you're sliding into spots that the truck barely fit into. That's true. And then it's one way. And then when you get to the top to turn around, it's not uh, like a roundabout to turn around. It just stops. And then you have to try, then you have to try and back up. You know, sort of like. I was fine with it. He was fine That's with fine. it. It's like that scene in Austin Powers where he's on like the little cart. In the and he is trying to back up and he's like arr, arr, and then he gets stuck and he's just like he's trying to back it up and he goes for it and trying to back up and goes that's what it's like up at the top. Anyway, it's a great free tourist stop and we highly recommend <laughs> yes. you go there and check it out. It's, well, it's, it's so peaceful. It's very very peaceful. Very much worth it. Um, we also so if you continue on the road through Sedona, uh, we also just drove past Sedona up towards. Oak Creek Canyon, which is a, a beautiful place on the way to Flagstaff on Route 89A. Route 89A is the scenic route in Arizona that goes all the way from Prescott, Arizona, over those mountains into Jerome, where we talked about, where Vonnegut Henry happened. got sick, and then down out of Jerome into Cottonwood, and then then up to Sedona, and then all the way up to Flagstaff. So it's a gorgeous scenic drive, and we partook of several bits of it. And so past Sedona, we, you go over a bridge that goes over a beautiful waterfall, and then you can continue on driving through the Coconino National Forest and some beautiful views of the creek that flows through there. And you can get up to Slide Rock State Park, which we couldn't partake in, but is a very popular place where it looked really cool. Basically, the river goes through these rock formations that you can slide down and kids really love it. And, um, you know. Check it out, but we couldn't. <laughs> we went to the Dairy Queen and got some takeout ice cream oh, there. Oh, there's no shame. That's about in all that we could game. do. That was fun. Like we stopped, and, and there's a bed and breakfast. 
right there. Inn, like right across <laughs> from that Dairy Queen. That's dangerous. I could not stay at that inn because I would be getting a mini Snicker Blizzard every day. But you know, we're, scenic drives are really where it's at for us right mm-hmm. now. It's like the only thing that everybody can really feel comfortable doing. And, and there was a lot of it down around there. As long as nobody pukes. As long as we nobody pukes. We all feel pukes. good doing it. <laughs> yes. So that's the Sedona, uh, that's the Sedona area. I would love to go back there sometime and be able to spend more time visiting some of the stuff. I wish that we partook of more in that first week we were there before. Yeah. Well, the, it rained all week, yes, so it, it was really it tough. It did rain It all, rained the whole week. week. I look forward to going back to Verde Ranch one day, too, and really being yeah. able to take advantage of all the amenities that they have. Uh, I want to jump back and say one more thing about that campground before we go, because I feel like it's a really important thing to mention. Their laundry rooms are ridic. They're so clean and they're so great and i love that you can operate the washer and the dryer through an app buy quarters have no need for you it is fantastic in fact we did a video about sheltering in place and we went over to the laundry room and we talked about how they were keeping us all safe so that we could do our laundry and some of the things that they were doing i'll just drop it in the show notes just so you can see the laundry room. It was so nice that we didn't have to leave the campground to get laundry done. I will also say the upper se- section of that campground has a solar panel canopy over a couple rows of RV sites. You'll see that a few times here in Arizona. The last campground we stayed at before that had it the too. KOA, yeah. And and that's really cool for people who want to camp in the heat and get some serious shade. Like mm-hmm. literally your RV is under a shaded canopy and they're, you know, it's dual purpose because it's solar panels. So it's providing the park electricity at the same time. So if you've, you're dealing with that hundred degree heat, you could get some shade. And the difference between the temperature in the shade and in the sun in Arizona is crazy. But you're all probably wondering right now, what's the difference between the wind here in Mountain Pines and Red Rock? Right now, not a whole lot because we are getting pelted by some wind right now. So yeah. if you're hearing it, just try to feel the breeze <laughs> on your face while you're listening. It's fresh, crisp mountain air. So that was our time in Sedona. We had a great time, and we'll we'll link to everything that uh, we went to in the show notes and in the description on YouTube as well. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll have our Fresh Tank, Black Tank segment, and we will have the new Brain Teaser. Be right back. RV Miles is supported by the Highway Weather app. When it comes to RV travel, weather safety is a top priority, which is why the Highway Weather app provides weather forecasts for road trips along every point of your route adjusted to your time of travel. You can compare forecasts, get recommendations for the best time to head out, get severe weather alerts, add rest stops to long trips, and more. Did I mention all of that is included free in the app? For subscribers, there's a hands-free background feature to automatically alert you to upcoming bad weather. To download the app, visit highwayweather.io today or look for it in your iOS or Android app store. All right, it's time to check the level of our tanks. Abby, what is in your black tank this week? So my black tank this week, I'm not going to expand too much on this because I think all I have to do is say the beginning of the sentence and y'all are going to know what I mean. But I am black tanking this week 
people online or in real life who start sentences with, not to be offensive, but. There you go. Okay. Just leave it there. Just going to leave it Just there. Just leave it there. I, no, I'm going to say one more thing. Then I'll leave it there. So if you feel the need to start a sentence, written or verbal, and you need to well, you know, you need to make sure people know you're not trying to be offensive, but what is coming could be offensive. Most likely, it's offensive. <laughs> and you don't need to say it. Go find your safe space, people, <laughs> to say it to. Don't say it to 62,000 people in the America's National uh. Parks Facebook group because you're not going to like what you get back. So your black tank is Facebook related. So is mine. Well, yes and no, but I mean, I think this is really common yeah. that we start these sentences with not to be dot, 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 but, but here I go. And you have lost your audience within the, those first few words. And you've also, the keyboard warriors then are like, well, let me get this. Let me grab my, and the people are like, let me get my popcorn. And then they're eating their popcorn while the keyboard warriors are like. And then there. So. Just don't, don't, don't say that. Just don't do it. Make, right. make everyone's life easier. All right. What's in your fresh tank this week? Uh, my fresh tank is going to a website or a service called Scribd. I don't know how many of you have heard of this. I was recently turned on to it about a month and a half ago. And it's a really nice alternative to having an Audible subscription. So what Scribd is, is it's essentially um, a streaming service for books, audiobooks, sheet music, and articles. It's $9.99 a month, and it's unlimited. You can listen to everything that's in their collection as much as you want. And their collection is quite vast. So I've been able to find a lot of stuff for the kids that they wanted to read or listen to that we've been waiting for from Libby, from our library, or I just didn't want to pay for through Audible. I think it's a great service. I think if audiobooks are something you do a lot of listening of when you're, you know, exercising or traveling or you're doing stuff around the house or just at night when you're going to bed, whatever, you really should consider Scribd. The caveat is that you don't get to keep anything. So, you know, with Audible, you pay $14.95 a month and you get that one credit and that one credit allows you to purchase a book and it's yours forever. And then you get a discount on all the other audiobooks. Script doesn't work like that. Script is essentially like Netflix. So once you stop the subscription, you no longer have access to their catalog. But if you have a lot of people in your house who are going through a lot of content like we do, we've got, you know, at least uh, three independent readers. I'm not counting you as one of those. I think we have four independent readers. Thank you very much. I mean, like, you don't ever read books. Yes, I do. No, and don't. I read things that aren't books. <laughs> I read. <laughs> I just meant, like, you don't use this service. Wow. You have no, you have no need for an audiobook, and you're not a big fiction If reader. I couldn't read, I would need an audiobook, because you don't read in an audiobook, you listen. <laughs> What is happening here? Clearly, it's a great thing for road trips as well to listen yeah. to audiobooks. Script it, has been fantastic for our children. I can just do I'm, this I'm just wrapping it up for you. It's 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 s c r i b d dot com, and I just we have five readers of some capacity. In our house. 
Well, Henry, Henry's not an independent reader. No, but yet. he loves audiobooks, and yeah. listening to audiobooks are really, really great for reading skills as well. So I just, if I could just rewind all that back, maybe. Jason, what's your black tank this week? Let's just move on. All right, so listen up. <laughs> oh, no. So I was, I was starting to work on a video for YouTube uh, on how we plan our, our travels, you know, how we plan a route. And one of the resources that I wanted to show people. Did what, you have to do reading in order to do this research? Cut your face. <laughs> one, of the, one of the resources that I wanted to show people is this Facebook group that's called RV Roads and Routes. And Ooh. basically it's a place where you can go and um, you can put in what your you know, potential route is or your, to, your starting point, your destination, and get some input from people on, on, that have actually taken these routes on on whether it's good for your rig or not, right? And uh, and what you'll experience along the way. So we had heard that the the travel from where we were to here was going to have a lack of fuel stations for a while. It was totally wrong, but we had heard that that was a possibility. So I posted in that group oh, asking no. about this route oh, no. and if you know, if that was true, if there was a fuel station issue. We talked like about that. Rogue posting in groups. This is not Rogue. This is just a normal you went post. Rogue. You went Rogue because we didn't talk about it first before you posted it. You, we can't be posting. You want me to clear po- a Facebook yes. post with you? Yes, because you've black tanked this so clearly. No, listen. Just, just <laughs> listen. Okay? okay? Listen to my story. <laughs> if it's, okay. So, they, uh, so I posted this and uh, the admin of this group took my post down and sent and along with a very nice note that said, I'm sorry, gas stations are outside of their, they're off topic for this group. So you can't ask about what, where to, st- where to stop for gas. What? And, um, cause he thought, cause the way I wrote my post, it, it sounded like I was asking about a specific place to stop for fuel mm. and they don't want mm. you know, asking about destinations, any of that stuff. Fine. So I rewrite the post saying that I just heard that just the general availability of fuel isn't great on this route. Does anybody know if that's true? Uh, and then in general, what am I going to experience in terms of passes, in terms of mountain passes? Because there was a couple mm-hmm. big elevation changes. Mm-hmm. And I put a very nice note to the admin at the bottom of my post that said, I hope this is okay. I'm not asking about specific fuel stations. Just want to know if like, there's actually fuel on this route because our gas station and our gas, our, our, our fuel tank and our gas truck is, is small and obviously don't run out of fuel. I'm just, look, can I just say one real thing before you finish? I hope this is okay is borderline real close to <laughs> not to be offensive, but I just want you to know that. I was super nice though. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'll take it down if it's not. I was like, I'll edit it if it's not. I'll take it down if it's not. Admin Do you know... They, Did you get kicked out? They blocked me from that group. That's amazing. That's amazing. Can you believe that? I totally can. <laughs> that is amazing. Anyway. Anyway. So, you know, you know what? I'm going to be... I still recommend, if you're looking for a route, you want information about your route. Go to the RV go, Miles Facebook you, group. You can absolutely come to our group. But it was a great group for me to go ask about a route. You can Clearly still go not. there, the RV Routes and Routes group. I'm going to be nice and even still plug it for I them. I just don't understand what you're supposed to talk about. If you can't ask about grades and you can't ask about the fuel along the route. You can ask about grades. Fuel, or, fuel is apparently 
you can't, not allowed. Someone can't just say, "Hey, this stretch for like you're going to get a 200 mile stretch with no fuel, so you, you might want to think about filling up before you hit X." That's and, all I wanted to know. But that, that gets you. That gets deleted. That gets you blocked from the group, Dang, Abby. Jason Savage. So that's that's what's in my black tank this week. <laughs> oh, that's a big black tank. All right, what's your fresh tank? Uh, in my fresh tank, you may have heard about this if you have so- satellite television. There's this act called the Stellar Act that the government passed last year um, that basically requires uh, satellite TV providers to pay the local TV stations for local programming. Um, before they weren't paying for it because it's just sort of the same as over the air. And um, now they have to pay for it. And what is happening is <laughs> that um, certain satellite companies are having issues with this and haven't made agreements with these local TV stations. So this sounds like a black tank, but why it's a fresh tank is uh, we have Dish Network Dish Outdoors, and Dish Outdoors does not have this problem. They got their ducks in a row and took care of this. So when we travel, we can get local stations wherever we are. If you have direct TV, you are may you have an issue starting June 1st because they haven't been able to solve this. And you know, that may not sound like a big deal, but there are a lot of people out on the road, truckers especially, who you know want to watch their local news from back home and that sort of stuff, and they're going to have a hard time doing that, watching the you know their their local TV station from back home when they are somewhere else. That's kind of what it's all about. Well, we just liked staying connected to Chicago, right? Exactly. I, you know, to what we knew and what was familiar, and the people we love that are still there, and and we're still very invested in the city, just because we're not in the city doesn't mean we aren't invested in it. And so the best way for us to stay informed is to watch the local news. But we've been talking with our contact at Dish Outdoors. And I will say most RVers use Dish Outdoors um, as opposed to DirecTV. And I've heard so many issues with DirecTV from RVers, by the way. Um, and we've heard from our contact that, that is, this is not going to be a problem with them. It is only a DirecTV thing. And, uh, and we've always been happy with our, our dish service. They've, they've been great uh, for us, and they've even offered our listeners a, a discount. So there's a $50 off a, a package of a satellite receiver and, and antenna. If you use the code RVMILES over at dishoutdoors.com slash RVMILES, and we'll put a link uh, in the show notes as well. Um, but they, they, they're great people. We don't make any money off of that or anything. It's not sort of an affiliate thing. They're just doing a nice offering our listeners a discount, $50 off any satellite package. And a lot it's- of people poo-poo the idea of having satellite TV <laughs> on the road anytime it comes up. Or why do you need TV? You're camping. Because uh, well, it rains. <laughs> it rains. And, and we live full-time. We but live full-time. TV well, is a way. Of the, we like to talk about ways that you can, even if you're not full-time, that you can extend your travel. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't want to travel for three months at a time without any access to the TV shows that they like. Well, and the thing too here particularly is that when this campground gets really, really busy and they have Wi-Fi here in this campground and we do use it, is that the Wi-Fi goes when yeah. like everyone's here. So it's been really nice like in the evening when the kids go to bed and we just want to chill out on the couch because you know you can't go, go, go 24-7 and we can watch satellite. And honestly, one of the I best... watch some Food Network. And honestly, one of the best reasons people have it is so that they can stay connected with their home community yeah, listen, and watch that local news. I just want to be there when it happens. When Bobby Flay 
gets beat on the Food Network. <laughs> All right. That's about it for this episode of the RV Miles podcast. Let's wrap it up with a brain teaser. How about? How about? What word contains seven letters and has 10 words inside it without rearranging any of its letters? So it's a seven-letter word, and then you can break the individual sections up into... Yeah, I got it. You can break the individual sections up <laughs> into 10 different words. Cool. What word can you, can you think of a word that you can do that with? We'll have the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, we will. And if you are enjoying the show, we have a big favor to ask you. Will you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? Every time one of you does that, it just puts us in front of more and more people. And we are so thankful for the almost 400 people that have done that already for us. RV Miles is all across social media, by the way. In case you didn't know, we are at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And we are over at RVMiles.com. We've got our going full-time series happening right now. Plenty of content, video, articles. Go over and check it all out. If you have questions for us, find us at RV Miles Facebook group or at editor at RVMiles.com. And until next week, keep logging those RV Miles. Bye, everybody.